Wow, beautiful, Roberta. Listen for the whisper, that still, small voice that is within us all. That Spirit of God that we can know with complete faith, with complete surety, is there guiding our way as that loving wisdom that is God that is within us. It's that general idea that has been behind this entire series of daring to dance again. Remembering that in spite of what may be happening around us, we can listen for that whisper within. Know that we are dancing together. That we can break forth in joy. That we can allow that whisper, that Spirit of God to guide our steps. That we can dance Surely, as we listen for and act from that whisper. Today is Pentecost Sunday. On Pentecost Sunday, the disciples were all gathered in Jerusalem for the Pentecost. Now, you may not know, but the Pentecost was actually a Jewish um, holiday, one of three related to harvesting. So it was a harvest celebration, that we were to bring the first gifts of the harvest to temple to give to God. And it is for that reason that the disciples were gathered together in the upper room in Jerusalem and still afraid. Remember, they were, they were together. They were afraid after all that they had seen. There was a, a fear within them of, what this moment might bring for them. And as they were there in that upper room together, Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, tells us when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. From the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came down upon them. You might remember that uh, back in the Hebrew Scriptures, there's the Tower of Babel story, right? Where everybody spoke one language. They were building a tower up to the sky, up to the heavens. And God came down and took away that one language, if you will. And suddenly they could no longer understand themselves. This is kind of an interesting story. But here in this book of Acts, that story completes itself, right? Because here, the Holy Spirit comes and gives each of the disciples the ability to talk to others in whatever language the others understand. And as I started to think about this this week, like, what is that? I started to think back into my own life and the experiences that I've had in relating to people who didn't speak my language. My parents being immigrants of the Netherlands, I have family back in the Netherlands, and in the summer after I graduated from high school, went and spent the summer with them. I didn't necessarily know the language well, a little bit, and I didn't have my parents to help me through this time. 
I had to figure it out. How could I communicate? But you know, there are some things that are communicated with or without a common language. A smile. A hand reached out for help. The language of love. And so as I think about this story from the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit coming down upon those disciples, what I imagine the language is that they opened up to is that language of love that speaks no matter what the physical language is, but that we can come together heart to heart as one. Unity tells us a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a movement. The Holy Spirit to me is our fifth principle. We can know that God is the only power, the only presence in our lives. We can know that that power and presence that is God is within each and every one of us. We can know that we create our world through the thoughts that we hold. We can know that prayer and meditation brings us into an awareness of the divine. We can know those four important principles, but unless we put feet, action to the knowing, unless we move it from head to heart and serve one another in a loving way, the Spirit has not moved through. All that is, is a part of it. That Spirit of Christ is still in there. But we can frustrate all of that and not express it if we don't give ourselves over to that movement of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a movement. It's translated as the very breath of God. The breath is a movement. We can hold our breath momentarily, but even that won't last. It's got to move, a giving and a receiving through us. So this is what, um, from Truth Unity, Holy Spirit, regeneration, breath of the Almighty. The Holy Spirit within you is the breath of your life, the inspiration of your soul, the light of your way, the revealer of good. As your breath of life, the Holy Spirit purifies, cleanses, heals, keeps whole every part of your body. As your soul's inspiration, the Holy Spirit infills you with divine wisdom, true enlightenment, and ever-increasing faith. Listen to what it looks like. As your guiding light, the Holy Spirit illumines your mind, commands your decisions, moves you to right action in all things that concern you. As the revealer of your good, the Holy Spirit quickens your consciousness of God's never-failing bounty and blesses you with abundance for every need. The Holy Spirit is not an idea that we grab hold of in mind. The Holy Spirit is a living into the very truth ideas that we say we believe. The Holy Spirit is that within us which allows us to move through each moment in that loving grace. This past year, these past 14 months, have been something that none of us have gone through in our lifetime. 
And yet, I know without a shadow of a doubt in my life and in my experience that that Holy Spirit was in movement, in through and as me, through these entire 14 months, as I trust it was in you. When I think back to last May, you know, I'm looking out there now, and we've all gotten very comfortable wearing face masks, or at least most of us have. Perhaps you're still uncomfortable with it, but to me it's just become second nature. I put on a face mask. When I think back to a year ago, the message that we were hearing at that time was we wear a face mask to protect one another. doesn't help me, but it helps you. So I put on a face mask for you. You put on a face mask for me. And that was the way that I have approached it over this past year, personally. And then I began to listen to messaging last May that made me pause in how I was talking about these things. Because what I began to hear last May is they are trying to control us by telling us to love one another and wear a mask. Even as I stand here today, it makes me sad. Because it became a, a messaging that was divisive at a time where we were united. So I join in the celebration that we have reached a point in time in our world and in our country and here in this community where we can begin to say we can release these masks. We've been waiting for this day. I'm thrilled that we're getting to this point. And I've been giving a lot of thought to the way that that still small voice in me, that whisper that's whispering in my mind, is guiding me through these next weeks. Since the announcements have been made by the CDC and the state of Ohio, I have found that as I'm out and about, less and less people are wearing their masks, I understand. But what I've noticed about myself is that where I was okay with going out with a mask on, everybody else was, it didn't bother me any, that now I became a little more self-conscious again, kind of like I was a year ago. Wondering, what are people thinking of me continuing to wear this mask, being out and about? I get to look at myself and the ideas that I hold. Like, does it really matter what anybody thinks? If the whisper within me is guiding me to do something in a loving way, what does it matter what anybody thinks of us? What does it matter if nobody else does what we are doing if I'm listening to that whisper and dancing that dance of love? Allowing myself to break forth in joy. Letting that divine power and presence guide my steps. Dancing thoroughly through whatever it is that I'm called to dance through. And so I've been in the question, what is mine to do? Mine. And please hear me, I'm talking me personally. As the spiritual leader, as the minister, the senior minister of this community, what is mine to do? Because I've been clear over this past year what has been mine to do is to demonstrate in a loving, compassionate way how I am choosing to care for one another. And so I want to share this with you today, because I won't have a chance before we meet again on June 6th. That beginning June 6th, as you've heard, yes, we get to take off our masks if we're fully vaccinated. 
I've been fully vaccinated for several weeks now. But I've made the decision, me, that on June 6th, and for probably a while, I will continue to wear my mask here in community. And I want to share with you why. Because it's the whisper of spirit within me that has offered this to me. I don't want anybody here to think, well, what's wrong with Reverend Joanna? She's so caught up in fear that she thinks she can't pull her mask off. But what I know is that there are individuals within this community that will still need to wear their masks. Individuals who are immunocompromised. Individuals who may not yet feel safe to pull their masks off. And it is for those individuals that I am going to continue to walk this walk of loving service and I will wear my mask. Because I want you to feel like you can walk into Unity Spiritual Center Westlake, Unity Hall, and not feel uncomfortable and wonder if you're being judged and wonder who might be thinking you should take your mask off because, gosh darn it, Reverend Joanne has her mask on and it's okay. I wanted to share that with you today because... As I've done this series and gone through this past year, what I know is that when we dance the dance of love, when we dare to dance to our own tune, you've all heard the expression, dance like no one is watching. I want you to take it to the other one that I've seen. Dance like you're a two-year-old. Right? Because a two-year-old does not care if anyone is watching. A two-year-old just dances to the beats of their own inner music. That's what I want us to do. That's what I am doing. The other piece that I want to share with you is that each week I've been sharing an individual that represents whatever we're talking about from week to week. What you may not know is that since Advent of last year, I've been tuned into this um, minister support uh, called Worship Design Studio, that these different series have come from. I just love the inspiration that has come from these different series that I haven't had to think up. And so that Worship Design Studio has given me each week, here's someone to, to highlight, right? So this week I remember reading this series ahead of time and seeing, oh, the person to highlight this week is God. I went, really? I mean, not that it gets to God, but, you know, for one, here in Unity, we don't see God as a being. We don't see a being up in the sky. We see God as a presence, a power, a wisdom, a love. So right away, I thought, ugh, I don't, I don't know. That's not going to work for me. I guess I'll come up with someone. And then this week came, and I had to come up with someone. And then on Friday, the someone became clear. Because who I want to contribute as the one that at the conclusion of the series danced the dance through life in the way that we've been talking about is our beloved Lee Russell. Lee Russell, I described him this week to someone as being a contradiction. And you're laughing, so I know those of you who know Lee know what I'm talking about, right? 
I had someone say to me, I'm concerned about Lee a couple of months ago. I'm like, really, why? Well, have you seen his Facebook post? Like he'll post one hour, something needs to be done about guns because we've had another mass shooting. And then in another hour, Lee would post, why do we spend so much time talking about guns? What about all the people dying of um, alcohol um, death? Right? And that was Lee. He'd be this contra- contradiction. And I had to explain to this person, no, no, that's just Lee. He's not, you know, losing his mind. But Lee... I also said, while he was a contradiction, he beamed love. He beamed love. He was one of the first people that I met seven years ago. And I remember meeting Lee and in that instant knowing that this was somebody who was important to this community. I just met him, but I knew it. And Lee and I had this way with one another that I could sit and have hard conversations with Lee. If you know Lee, you know that there were likely hard conversations to have with Lee in light of community. Because he didn't always show up beaming in that love in every moment, like I don't show up beaming in that love in every moment. And what Lee would say to me is, Joanne, just tell me the truth. There's one thing that I hate is when people just don't tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. And that's what I would do. And he might get upset in that moment, and he might walk out the door in that moment. But I always knew if I just waited, he'd be back. And he came back. And we'd talk again. And we'd be back to harmonized in love once more. We danced that dance of love. We danced in the wisdom of his own inner knowing. We danced thoroughly in that dance. So when I heard on Friday that there had been a house fire and that Lee was gone, that was the shock to me. Had I heard that Lee had had a heart attack? Had I heard that someone came in and found Lee sitting in the sanctuary one morning, gone? I don't think it would have been nearly as shocking to me. But it was the way that it happened that was so shocking to me. Because Lee, above all else, was such a good man. And in my heart, I was arguing with God. God, why did Lee have to die in this way? He didn't deserve that kind of a death. And I swear, I heard Lee's own voice saying to me, So, did Christine deserve that kind of a death? Because you see, his beloved Christine had died before I met Lee couple of years of cancer. And he would talk to me about what her struggle was like and how he was there for her no matter what it was that she was suffering through. He stood by her. And I went, oh, that's right, Lee. Even unto the end. There is no guarantee of what any moment will be for any of us. Life can be very random. We can think that we have control because we are putting these unity ideas and working from the power of our mind to create the world that we want to see. And still, 
A moment can arise that knocks us off center. A moment can arise that causes us to suffer. A moment can arise that is difficult and challenging, and we are called to dare to dance anyway. And so what I had to remember for Lee in that moment, and what I want to invite each of us to remember when we have those dark, hard moments, that what we are promised is God is there. What I know with absolute certainty was that whatever those final moments were for Lee, God was there. God is here. God is here for Lee. God is here for you. God is here for me. And God is meeting us in whatever it is that we're going through. And that is what allows us to dare to dance again. We are not in this alone. That strength of God is uplifting us. That wisdom of God is guiding us. That power of God is supporting us and ordering our thoughts and our words and our actions. We have everything here in this moment because God is here. And that Holy Spirit that was acknowledged by the disciples in that moment is already here present. And it, it, it demonstrates itself when we act from that place of loving service, of loving compassion, of loving forgiveness. And so today, I honor Lee for the way that he demonstrated that so beautifully. And what I imagine, again, is him dancing this dance in the eternal, whatever it is, knowing God. And that we don't have to wait for that passion to dance the dance with the eternal here now. been a hard couple of days for me, friends. And I'm remembering from See No Stranger that deep love brings deep grief. And I never imagined that in just a short period of time that deep love could be so deep. But it is. And it hurts. And I'm acknowledging that. So clearly, I get to practice, as do you. Daring to dance as we have done through this series, does not mean that all things are okay. We do understand that we have the energy we need to continue the dance of divine life. This week, take time each day to consider the idea that the Holy Spirit is the very breath of God moving in, through, and as you. How can you allow the Holy Spirit to move you today? What does it look like to dare to dance the dance of divine life with the movement of the Holy Spirit no matter what is occurring around you? Who's ready to move on from this Sunday to the rest of your life daring to dance with that spirit of loving wisdom? That's why I invite you to practice with me this week, but not just this week to take that practice with you from this day forward. I want to end with a poem here. 
This is a, a poem that was written by a woman. Her name is Joyce Rupp. And it's based on a scripture from Ezekiel that says this. Thus says God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. You see, the Holy Spirit didn't just arrive in Acts. The Holy Spirit has been present from the beginning. So here it is in Ezekiel. There I am in Ezekiel's valley, one heap among many, just another stack of old, dry bones. Some Mondays feel this way, too. And Tuesday, too. To say nothing of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Lost dreams and forgotten pleasure, sold like a soul to a gluttonous world, feeding on my frenzy and anxious activity. But just when the whole heap of bones seems most dry and deserted, a strong breath of life stirs among my dead. Someone named God comes to my fragments and asks with a twinkling eye, may I have this dance? A voice stretches into me. A stirring leaps in my heart, lifting up the bones of death. And then I offer myself to the one who's never stopped believing in me. And the dance begins. We dance. There's a dance together. We will have an actual dance out in the parking lot after service today. These doors will open and anybody who wants to join me can go out there. And the umbrellas. This is our final week of the series. So uh, we're auctioning, not auctioning off, raffling off the umbrellas after service as well. So on the back table, there are some raffle tickets. If you'd like to purchase a dollar a ticket or 10 for $5, thank you to everybody who's already done so. And we will begin to draw those tickets as well during the dance party. Thank you so much. Let's dance. God bless.